Hey everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rohrkraut. And today we have another VOD episode for you. We are going to be talking about four different movies that all happen to be horror movies, more or less. It's surprising that usually horror movies aren't great, especially ones that come out together. So I'm actually really excited to talk about all these. I don't feel too negatively about any of them. Okay. <laughs> That's a change for you on this podcast. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I think that when we think about VOD and this new normal that we're seeing with films coming out on VOD and streaming platforms, horror is a genre that I think is built to do really well in this type of environment. I think that Horror movies, even before COVID, were coming out really quickly. We've had good horror to the just bad horror that was coming Mm -hmm. out on VOD anyway. So I think these are easy to throw on at home. And we have the fall coming up. And unfortunately, the way things are going, it looks like we're going to be in quarantine for a little bit longer. So I'm looking forward to more horror movies coming out. Horror is probably my favorite genre. I love feeling like I want to crawl out of my skin and be Mm -hmm. scared. And I think maybe it comes from movies feeling original and them scaring us in new ways every time because it's really easy to repeat the tropes that happen in horror films. Yeah, horror is, I think, my favorite genre too. And what I love about it is that feeling it's kind of like you're chasing this high from watching a horror movie of, you know, letting yourself feel your deepest fears and also I think there's a part when you're watching horror movies that it lets you kind of release them when you see something new or when you have this cathartic experience when you're watching a horror movie that being said I am harder on horror movies than most other genres because I've seen so many and I love them so much that it takes a lot for me to find a horror movie new and inventive However, I'm also easy on them in the sense that if a horror movie is bad, chances are I'm still likely to enjoy parts of it. And it's still going to be a fun experience, even if it ends up being more comedic to me than horrific. I think it's similar to the comedy genre where if I know I'm in a mindset to just enjoy something, I can go and enjoy it because I think horror and comedy specifically can be just like quote-unquote bad movies which is fine if you're just going for an experience and I think maybe the ones we focus more on on this podcast being dramas and thrillers we look to them to be more critical and to find some deeper meaning and relate to more so I definitely agree with what you've said there. And I think what I like about the four that we've chosen today, so we're going to be talking about She Dies Tomorrow, Relic, The Rental, and Host. They're all very different, but they're all still considered horror. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to dive into them with you and talk about what that means and how your idea of horror as a genre maybe affected your experience watching these films and what you thought of them. Right, and I think even how it's evolved, not only over time, but like through these four movies themselves, which is really cool. So let's get started with She Dies Tomorrow. So She Dies Tomorrow, I would say, is the most highbrow, maybe, of the bunch. 
It was directed by Amy Simons. It stars Caitlin Scheel, Jane Addams, Chris Messina, Michelle Rodriguez. It has this whole troupe of actors where people will come on screen and you'll just recognize them from somewhere. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> but the general plot, Amy is ravaged by the notion that she is going to die tomorrow, which sends her down a dizzying emotional spiral. When her skeptical friend Jane discovers Amy's feelings of imminent death to be contagious, they both begin bizarre journeys through what might be the last day of their lives. What were your first impressions of this? How did you feel about it? This was definitely, to me, the most abstract of the bunch. On my second watch, I kind of got more of the timeline, which is something I definitely struggled with the first time. They start off with, the boyfriend i think going through his rampage of he's gonna die but we don't really know how they got there and where that plays in terms of the time of the movie so it was good to revisit that for sure and i i think maybe 20 minutes in the second time again i just found the script so hilarious and i kind of just misplaced it as a horror movie and it considered it more Mm -hmm. of a comedy (laughs) (laughs) yeah there is some morbid black comedy (laughs) in this for sure like at some points I have no I had no idea why I was laughing and I thought should I be laughing at this I think that for me when I watched it the biggest challenge that I faced was in knowing the premise and in knowing the genre I mistakenly thought this movie was going to be it follows Totally. I thought, okay, it's yeah. this contagious thing of the mind. It's a take on, you know, some type of contagion or disease that is supernatural. It passes between different hosts. And that's not what this is. It's not structured like it follows. It doesn't have those types of scares. And I think what you said, too, about the timelines being tricky and it being more abstract, Amy Simons does not love exposition it is ambiguous she doesn't want to tie up this neat bow letting you know who all of these characters are in a way that feels standard and what we typically see in horror movies but I think that she still through her storytelling has a very unique way of packing development into these characters in a way that we haven't seen in most horror films I would say you talked about it follows which I really love we'll get to that later but she didn't want it to be that which Mm -hmm. again is what I like about the innovation in horror films I guess I wanted it to be like it follows and I wanted to feel that strange like looking behind my back waiting for something to come it leaves more to be desired I think especially with the ending so without spoiling the ending how did you feel about the scene at the pool and then like the final scene pretty much of Amy. I found unexpected comedy in it. (laughs) And I also have to say, I think that it stayed with me. It made me think about this anxiety that a lot of us have. I think right now during coronavirus, during the pandemic of how so many of our fears can actually be contagious and how our attitudes can be passed on from ourselves to whoever we come into contact with and what these characters chose to care about and pay attention to and how they thought differently when they were ravaged by this anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
So one thing that I thought was really interesting, a cool touch in it, was how we kept hearing Mozart's Requiem, Mm -hmm. the Lacrimosa specifically. And in addition to that piece of music being about death and sorrow, the idea that when you're anxious or stressed, you listen to the same music over and over and over again. (laughs) I know that I do that, certainly. So I thought that was a very interesting touch of how our brains crave repetition, Mm -hmm. but still adding that layer of sorrow and sadness and death to it was a really interesting twist that she pulled off, I think. Yeah, I think music and sounds. So they differentiate in a few of these, and we'll get to that in the next one too. But it was just so interesting what she chose to play. I liked where Amy played the record like four times listening to that same song and just kind of and she's on the phone in the backyard with her friend and Jane tells her just watch a movie I'll I'll try to come over later and she's like a movie is 90 minutes (laughs) 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 but then she goes and plays the same song over and over and in trying to help her anxiety but probably making it worse and making Mm -hmm. us the viewer feel way more on edge because of it yeah so I think I would recommend this to people who were fans of Shirley, the Josephine Decker movie, because it is, I know you're not really a fan of that either, but (laughs) I think it's, it's more about a character's kind of descent into this, you know, they're kind of spiraling out of control and it is very beautiful. I would say that would be my, my pair with it. I think I would still recommend it for people who liked It Follows. It's just a different perspective on like that contagious feeling mm-hmm. and anxiety. Yeah, I agree with that. So if you could give this movie one Oscar, what would you give it? I do like the script. I kind of want to download the screenplay and find it and just read through it because and just highlight some of the funniest lines from it and quote on here <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> what would you give it? I think I would do cinematography. I think it is really beautifully shot. And the way that they involve light and color, it's just really beautiful. It's very eerie. It just kind of goes back and forth from action and then including these weird scenes where she's just marveling in this light. Another scene that I thought was really funny was when Jane is infected and Uh she's downstairs and she comes up and she kind of tiptoes, grabs her car keys, and runs out of the house, <laughs> leaves the front door open, her, and her arms are, like, flailing wildly as she gets in her car. <laughs> <laughs> Jane was my favorite character. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I expected Amy to be the main character, which in a lot of ways she is, but Jane quickly, I think, becomes the character that is more fun to watch because she has some of the funnier lines and the funnier scenes and just when she shows up to that party in her pajamas right and i was just like this looks like such an insufferable la party with this awful conversation please infect these people our next pick is relic which is directed by natalie erica james the main star here is emily mortimer who i am not sure if I've seen in a horror film before, but I absolutely loved. 
So the description is when Edna, the elderly and widowed matriarch of the family, goes missing, her daughter Kay, who is Emily, and granddaughter Sam travel to their remote family home to find her. Soon after her return, they start to discover a sinister presence haunting the house and taking control of Edna. This is a pretty good description, surprisingly. I got this one from Letterboxd. This is not IMDb. (laughs) We're upgrading a little bit here at Oscar Wilde. (laughs) I was going to say, that was pretty good. I thought this was my favorite of the bunch. It's scary, isn't it? I was so deeply unsettled by this. What were your first reactions or thoughts about this? So I have to say that in horror movies in general, what I'm afraid of most It's the frightening old lady. Yeah. So, or like an old woman with really long hair. Like that is, it doesn't sit well with me. I, I always have issues with that. And there were some scenes in this one that were, I, I really had to hide behind my hands and like kind of look through my fingers a little bit, but I thought it was a really impressive movie i saw some really cool things from natalie erica james that i thought oh that was a really cool thing that she just did Mm -hmm. with the sound or with the house operating and we can talk about this a little bit more but the house operating is this kind of a metaphor for the physical body the house really kind of feeling alive i thought that was really interesting it's what i want out of a horror movie which is to be scared to find new things I will say I think the last act fell apart a little bit for me. I wanted a little bit more, but the last scene was (laughs) just so frightening (laughs) and sad. I think this is a really sad movie, too. It's really tragic. Okay, I think we differ on a few of these things. Okay. I loved the final act. I didn't think that was where it was going to go. Oh, really? That creeped me out. A lot, which kind of ties it back to like the beginning of the story of where was she? I love that the story is this metaphor for the grandmother's dementia. And maybe a part of that is why I felt like there were some unanswered questions. Maybe she left those unanswered because it was the story about forgetting. And again, sound plays a really big role. And I loved that really the sounds of the house, the creaking is a part of the soundtrack too. And at times you don't know which is which and they kind Mm -hmm. of meld together. Even though there is music too, the sounds definitely dominate and that also added to the eeriness of the set. I think so too. I think that the way that the story is set up works really well, even though it is a slow burn, you're not waiting, waiting, waiting for something big to happen. There are little scares throughout and the story is unfolding in a way that it's not boring at all i wasn't Mm -hmm. like okay when is this right going to pick up which i am like sometimes in horror movies we'll get to that (laughs) well that's my problem with slow burn is that i think a lot of the times you're waiting and waiting and then there's one big conclusion but i agree with you here in that As long as you get enough along the way or you know it's leading towards something and there's value in what is being presented, then I'm in for the trip. And that's exactly what you do here. You know what Natalie's getting at. And even though you don't know what's going to happen in the second half, you're interested enough in the first 
act or first two acts to want to keep going. Yeah. So I think one thing we should do on this episode that I'm realizing now is that we have listeners who probably aren't as big of horror fans as us. So we should think about how we talk about these scares relative to maybe other horror movies. That's fair. She Dies Tomorrow, I think, you can watch in the dark by yourself and be fine. (laughs) This one, I think if you are going to watch it, nighttime is always preferable for these because the set design is usually darker. So you want to be able to see everything as best you can. But this one is not for the faint of heart, I would say. there. I thought it was pretty scary. I think in the arrangement of our list that we'll talk about these movies, you need mm-hmm. to watch earlier and earlier throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is... I would somewhat agree with that. I think this would be fine at night. It's not really jump scare. It's more of an unsettling feeling. You're not going to be like terrified to be in your own house. So I think if you're fans of Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson oh. and Suspiria, thinking specifically of the remake, I haven't seen the original, but the remake by Luca Guadagnino, I think you would like this movie. Those are really interesting. I hadn't thought about either of those with this, but I can definitely see the comparison. I think mm-hmm. Under the Skin is a really interesting one because especially with how the the body is used and mm-hmm. the metaphor and the sound, I think that's yeah. a really good one. I think mine would be Hereditary. I don't think that this is as scary as Hereditary at all. I think that Hereditary ratchets up the horror to another level, but this mm-hmm. one still deals with the idea of a matriarch and of a family and of what family members can pass down to you (laughs) and what unconditional love or the lack thereof looks like and how different that can be. And then the other one, the other one I would say would be mother. I think that the way that mother uses the house and the set, in the film is very similar to how Relic uses the house here, but I think that Mother is a little more gruesome and harder to watch, and I think the allegory is a little bit more complicated, and if you don't pick up on the allegory in Mother, it becomes a harder film to process, whereas this one I think is an easier entry point into that way to think about how horror films can operate in this way. That's fair. I I definitely see with like the setting of Mother versus the the actual story and the acting, I think, is very different. But definitely the the story behind Hereditary, those are good for sure. Ooh. Just as a side note, I kept wanting or thinking the grandma was Ruth Gordon. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that would be truly terrifying. <laughs> that would be really scary. <laughs> so one other thing that I feel like this movie did a lot better was... I don't know if you've seen this, but the last act of Relic is so much better than You Should Have Left. Oh, I have not seen that. Okay. I mean, you shouldn't by any means. You should not waste your time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry to these people, but (laughs) it does this so much better. So if you could give Relic one Oscar, what would you give it? I don't know how this would work, but supporting actress for Graham? Is that fraud? No, I don't think it's fraud. That's what mine would be too. I would do Best Supporting Actress for Robin Nevin. I believe she's a stage actress in Australia too, but she does a really wonderful job here. Okay, so next we actually have a fun little segment. We're bringing back 
one of our favorites, Nam or Bomb, and we're doing horror movies of the 2010s. Going back and finding movies for this list, I was shocked what was in the 2010s. Like 2010, 2011, I was like, wow. This was tiny. There are some great ones Mm -hmm. and some not so complete (laughs) duds. (laughs) Okay, so we've already mentioned it follows. That's a nom for me. Definite nom for me too. Next we have Ma. (laughs) (laughs) We really should have put it lower on the list. <laughs> okay. Let it be known we're both crying right now. <laughs> Ma Ma is the definition of a bomb. <laughs> but it's But I also highly recommend watching it. I really want to watch this right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I completely agree. I hated it so much, but I don't think I've ever thought about a movie more as time passed. (laughs) There are so many gifs that I have from this movie just saved on my phone (sighs) to send out at any moment (laughs) of Octavia Spencer. It's just... Oh my god. So watch it, but know what you're getting yourself into. Okay, this one's easy. Hereditary, probably my favorite of the decade. So that's a nom. Up there for me too, definite nom. Then we have Midsummer or Midsommar. Obvious nom for me. Yeah. This is a nom Ari Aster has done no wrong. A Quiet Place. This is a nom for me, too. Nom for me, too. I think it's really cool. Then we have VHS, which I have never seen. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Should I add it to my list? Yeah. So both of these, VHS and VHS 2, they might have had a third one, but really by the time you get to a trilogy, I usually give up yeah a horror (laughs) trilogy mine is scream which we'll get to absolutely love two other horror movies that are truly unsettling they get to be gruesome but in one of the movies these people find an abandoned house with a bunch of vhs tapes where they watch them and it's these like demented horror scenes being depicted and it, I mean, it it turns into like aliens and supernatural too. Very mm-hmm. interesting. It's not like gross. It's not like The Ring. Um, I mean, she doesn't come out of the TV, but Ugh. it's this is not a night movie for you, light sleepers. Okay. <laughs> yeah this this already sounds being traumatized by The Ring. Watching it in fifth grade, I just. <laughs> Anything with a TV in it, I'm not... No, thank you. Uh, Next up is Suspiria, the remake, Nom for me. Nom for me, too. But also, I I have to, just because we're here, recommend the Dario Argento classic as well. So you've seen that one. Yeah, I need to watch that. Okay, The Nun, definite bomb. This might have been the worst of the decade. (laughs) (laughs) Bomb for me. The Conjuring, this is a total nom for me. Nom for me, too. This is up there for my best of the decade Mm -hmm. for horror, for sure. Okay, next we have It Chapter 2. This was worse than Ma, I think. (laughs) This was a punishing viewing experience. Bomb. (laughs) I was so disappointed by It that I didn't even see Chapter 2. 
The first one is way better, I would say. It didn't live up to the book for me, but I think chapter two is just, it's three hours long. It's just, it's so long and you can feel it. And it's just. Well, there's no hope. There's no way I'm ever going to watch chapter two then. Mm -mm. If you say one is way better. Nope. (laughs) Next. The Invitation. This was great too. This is another slow burn. It's a nom for me. This is a nom for me too. We might be completely simpatico here. (laughs) We'll see. Okay. Next we have Get Out. Easy nom. Yeah. Again, Jordan Peele has done no wrong. And then also with us, I loved his follow-up too. So both noms for me. Both noms for me too. Get Out I think is better, but Us is an excellent follow-up and gets better on rewatch. Definitely mm-hmm. holds up. Okay. The Cabin in the Woods. We will definitely talk about this in a bit, but nom for me. Okay. <laughs> nom for me too. Maybe the most impressed I've been by a horror movie, I think. And just the most fun. I don't know if this is horror, but Bird Box? Does that count? <laughs> We'll count it for the purposes of this activity. This will be a bomb for me, though. Bomb for me, too. And this was one that everyone watched. And I think it's kind of the flip side of A Quiet Place, but just not well done. Yeah. This was a moment in culture, but... For sure. Yeah. Ready or not, I'm going to give a nom. Did you see this? I just watched it today. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. I loved it. Yeah. It's a nom for me. It's just fun. I love a good final girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Scream 4. Loved. It's a nom. Oh, I was so nervous. I was so scared you were going to say a bomb. <laughs> nom for me too, although Scream is just, I yeah. mean, top tier. That was a trilogy for sure, and they added on. I was so nervous when that was coming out. Next we have The Babadook. Nom. Nom for me. Paranormal Activity 2. This, I was shocked, came out in 2011, I believe. This was a nom for me. I loved the first one, and I was still terrified by the second one. This is unfair, but I'm going to give it a bomb. I've never seen it. Okay. Paranormal Activity, I just, like, cannot do. That is just that type of horror movie I have so much trouble with. It just scares me too badly. And this one, I just, no, no thanks. That was sort of the beginning of this cam footage type film where Mm -hmm. we'll get to talking about host later. But I think this has been done so much now that it's kind of a wash. But back then it was it was great. So you could give it a try. No, I'm okay. (laughs) Thank you, though. (laughs) Next, we have Halloween from 2018. This is a bomb for me. I love Halloween. The original and it just yeah i'm so excited for halloween kills i loved this reboot uh nom mm-hmm. for me judy okay. greer you just can't go wrong can you mm, i don't know if i agree with that oh my God. but i have to say also in halloween kills the most important thing about that is that kyle richards will finally stop talking about halloween kills when it's done she'll have to move on I don't get that reference. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's fine. (laughs) She's the only one working, apparently. (laughs) Insidious is a nom for me. Nom for me, too. Okay. Happy Death Day to you. This is a bomb. (gasps) Loved these. Oh, boy. These were so much fun. (laughs) 
Happy Death Day and the sequel to you. Have you seen them both? The first one was fun. I saw this as part of a test screening. I had some questions about the ending. It could have been done Mm -hmm. better, but it was still a great follow-up that I was surprised by. So that's usually in the positive atmosphere for me. Train to Busan. Nam for me. I mean, Nam. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I can't wait for the follow-up Peninsula, which should be out soon. I don't know if it's going to be on VRD or not. Okay, next we have The Witch. Easy Nam. This is my bomb. I did not like The Witch. Did you like The Lighthouse? More than this, yeah. Really? Yeah. It was was definitely weirder. This Mm -hmm. was too slow burn for me. That makes sense for you. This one's Robert Eggers' A24 debut, Mm -hmm. if anyone's curious. Okay, our last pick. Also one of my favorites, Black Swan. This is a nom for me. Definite nom, but is this a horror movie? I think it plays with genre as well. Mm -hmm. It kind of tiptoes between drama and thriller and horror. There definitely are horror aspects. I see that. Shout out to Natalie for making our best of the 2010s. Shout out to Natalie (laughs) always. Okay, so next up we have The Rental, which was directed by Dave Franco, his directorial debut. It stars Allison Brie, Jeremy Allen White, Sheila Vand, and Dan Stevens. And the general premise of the film, two couples on an oceanside getaway grow suspicious that the host of their seemingly perfect rental may be spying on them. Before long, what should have been a celebratory weekend trip turns into something far more sinister. I know that you mentioned on our last podcast that you thought this was amazing, but what were your first impressions of the rental? So this is the loudest I've ever screamed during a movie. I will say I was so terrified. I think it was really innovative because it turns jump scares into something way more unnerving. Do you know what I mean by that or no? So I'm going to steal a page out of your book and say, big long side all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think there was anything innovative about this movie at all. On the whole, no. But there's one facet that I loved. I like the whole thing. I don't, I know the trope of scary cabin in the woods, someone's haunting you and spying on you. And Mm -hmm. this is very The Strangers. Except not scary. Like, The Strangers is terrifying. This I could watch right now in my bed with the computer in the dark and go to sleep. Oh, God. See, I couldn't watch this at night. Really? I think it's. it might yeah. just be like the things that we're scared of are different, maybe. Yeah. That could be. The ending really gets at you, too, because of the montage it goes through and how even though, you know, not everyone is going to be hunted down by some strange guy a lot of people rent airbnbs Mm -hmm. outside of covid Mm -hmm. and these things could be happening and you may not be aware of them and that's what's so freaky yeah i think that the the premise and the idea of how easily we trust strangers even though we grow Mm -hmm. up learning not to right like don't talk to strangers like you (laughs) learn that as a kid but then you take ubers you rent airbnbs you do all these activities that inherently rely on the kindness of strangers and what can happen when they are killers i mean that's that's an exciting premise i think in general an exciting road to go down i think one that will never get old especially as we're continuing to rely more and more on that so this one like i feel like i'm being hard on it but this is like a perfectly 
standard horror watch. I thought of it as something that if you want something new and innovative and this one isn't it. This one doesn't really play with the genre in ways that I want I think from new horror like through Ari Aster but that's okay. I think that it's perfectly fine. You'll still get a few good scares but I paused it and nothing scary had happened up through the first 50 minutes. There's a lot of story and a lot of build up where you're getting to know the dynamics between the two couples but I think what works in the strangers is that you you're scared from the first 10 minutes in and I think that's usually more of what I want even from the slow burners Mm -hmm. I guess you're not really aware of them being watched until pretty far in where there's some sort of like binocular shot they find this door underneath the house I think that that's eerie for sure you know that's going to lead somewhere and I think I was just happy with Alison Brie's performance yes that she had so much fun with it (laughs) (laughs) and the scene where she's just like going along with everything she's planned this fun weekend and then everybody else goes off schedule i was entirely her in that moment i said i'm gonna have fun you know you guys screwed up the plan and now you're freaking out and i'm just here having a good time i related to that so hard I just, when she's just like, I'm here for this weekend. I don't care if you're all tired. And then when they go look for the dog and she's just so unhelpful and just dancing to Father John Misty by mm-hmm. herself with her glass of wine. I was like, that is, that is a vibe. And I identify with it. She goes, oh, are we still looking for the dog? <laughs> it's so unconcerned. It's so great. Yeah, I thought she was a lot of fun in it. She was good. And I feel like I like her in pretty much everything that she's in. But this one, she was my favorite. And Dan Stevens, I have to say, you know, I've held a grudge and I have been angry at him for leaving Down Abbey for movies <laughs> years ago. And again, another one came along and I still don't understand his decision. I mean, yeah, he, he didn't do much in this movie. He's good in it, though. He's, like, perfect for this type of role. Kind of yeah, smarmy. I think everyone was pretty fine. I mm-hmm. mean, Jeremy Allen White, for that matter, did a good job, too. I wanted more from it, I think, too, because they lay out these little nuggets throughout that I wanted them to explore a little bit more. So Mina, one of the characters, there's a quick plot point in the beginning that her request for the Airbnb was rejected and Charlie, he's a white man and his request was approved. And they talk about that and you can tell that the owner is racist, but then they don't explore this really any further throughout the movie. It doesn't really come up. So there are little things like that that I just they had good ideas, but I wanted just them to be a little bit more fully fleshed out. But also if I'm watching a horror movie I'm watching it to be scared and this is perfectly fine I agree with that I thought that storyline was definitely going to go somewhere else too and it mainly doesn't so that seemed it seemed kind of abrupt but again on the whole I was looking for something entertaining and I was Mm -hmm. fully entertained but what made you scream that loudly so I mean it's definitely a jump scene but the editing was really innovative to me Mm -hmm. because they cut a little earlier than you'd expect and then they also don't show what happens but it was yeah it was when the guy was coming towards the car oh. and then you expect him to hit the window but they cut before he hits the window mm-hmm. the one that got me was when he appears like out of nowhere on the deck <laughs> oh my god yeah that that jump scare did me in he just like comes out of nowhere and you see his like scary mask? face yeah oh that mask Ugh, was horrible. i hated that mask <laughs> But not as scary as the lady in Relic. 
Okay, so for this one, I would say I would recommend it to fans of The Strangers, which I've talked about. If you haven't seen that, Mm -hmm. that is like this just to another level. I think it's just a lot scarier, but same premise of some people just terrorizing you because you happen to be there. And I would also say Friday the 13th, like do a little throwback. So I'm assuming that you were going to relate Cabin in the Woods to... The rental, or yes. is it more just premise? To the okay. rental. So that was going to be my other one, if you like Cabin in the Woods, to watch the rental. So in Dave Franco's directorial debut, he does a really good job, I think, of just making a good standard horror movie. Don't go into this one expecting Cabin in the Woods, because Joss Whedon uses more athletic filmmaking, kind of flexes a little bit more than Dave Franco does. But I think that if you like that one, this is a good next one to watch. So I think if... You want another movie like this, I would recommend Don't Breathe, which we missed in our 2010s list. It's a little different, but essentially these three people break into this guy's house and the guy is blind and then he ends up hunting them in his house, which is spooky. It's done well. Yeah, I thought this was a good one. If you could give this one Oscar, what would you give it? I would gladly give it to Alison Brie for Best Supporting Actress. (laughs) What about you? I think I give Dave Franco props for making this. I was so shocked when I saw his name attached to it. But yeah, I would give it to Allison too. Yeah, in our fake Oscars where we're giving every movie that we ever talk about an Oscar, (laughs) we can give multiple Best Supporting Actress wins across these movies. I think she does enough that I would watch this again for her. Mm -hmm. Her wardrobe, though, was strange. I wasn't quite sure why they had her in like mom-ish cardigans. (laughs) Maybe she was just enjoying folklore. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) Moving on now. Okay, so our last movie we're going to talk about is Host, which just came out, directed by Rob Savage. It's about six friends who hire a medium to hold a seance via Zoom during lockdown, but they get far more than they bargained for as things quickly go wrong. When an evil spirit starts invading their homes, they begin to realize they might not survive the night. What did you think? I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought it was decent. I loved that it was under an hour. That was pretty nice. Just a quick... 56 minutes. Yeah, 56 minutes. It was like an episode of Succession. But I thought it was good. I thought that it was a great example of found footage horror. Um, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I also thought it was a good example. I think we toss around a lot of times, you know, what does the quarantine movie look like? Or what is the movie of this time? And this one actually was that, right? We are on Zoom all the time. And I think it does a really good job of playing with things that we see on Zoom all the time, right? Characters audio cutting in and out Mm -hmm. or the filters or the backgrounds that you can set up and what you can learn about other people just from having these Zoom events or calls through it I have to say I have a hard enough time wanting to go to a zoom happy hour I'm so glad that that is like done with now we're far enough in but I would never ever say yes to a zoom seance no matter how bored I was I'm not sure I would ever participate in a seance that oh my god this is a good reason not to ever do that no way no if the spirit doesn't break when you stop holding hands and you're doing this virtually mm -mm. no thank you I did like the writing in the beginning it felt really natural 
to me. And all of the actresses were so charismatic. There is a guy, too, who kind of comes in and out throughout the movie. But I thought the group was a great cast. And the conversations they have are really the conversations we have over Zoom now. Mm -hmm. Because that's all we have. What I like, too, is that all of the characters, they were really interesting. The actresses all did a really good job. And I thought that there wasn't really a clear one that I felt like I was supposed to be rooting for or who was the final girl. I mentioned that with um, Ready or Not. But I liked that, how I didn't have any attachment to these actresses prior to seeing this movie. I didn't really go in knowing anything about it. And I think, you know, when this is all, if we ever get out of this... I will never want to be on Zoom ever again or look at Zoom ever again. And I, so I think this movie might not have too long of a tale, but I think that for right now, it's great for the moment that we're in. It relies on our familiarity with the internet and kind of the environment that we've been in for this time. And I think we'll look back watching this movie specifically and think of how things felt as they do now. I guess the scares that it uses have been done before, but they still feel new enough where I was watching through my fingers at times and waiting for that jump scare to happen. I think the way that it too, like what's in the frame of everyone's Zoom background, there are a lot of doorways, there's a lot of space where something could be happening behind them that is really unsettling the way that they have it set up. It's really, I think, really clever and it plays on your own fears in a really, I think, a creative way. I mean, we've seen it before, but I think we haven't seen it over Zoom, which is interesting. Right. There is one part, whenever there are multiple screens on one screen, I'm constantly looking around to see or to find some little clue mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And I think there was, at one moment, there's something in Radina's screen that nobody sees or it doesn't come up again until you know what happens, which I think is really interesting that... They included things along the way that whether you're, you know, going to stir something on the stove or go to the bathroom where you're not always looking at your screen, but things are happening. I think that was really cool. It's also on Shudder, which is a great streaming service for horror fans. And Mm -hmm. you can do a free trial and watch it. You don't have to pay extra or anything. So if you're fans of Searching, which was with John Cho and Deborah Messing a couple years ago. Oh my gosh, Deborah Messing. I (laughs) Totally forgot about her in that movie until right now. (laughs) Sorry, continue on. I think it was the first movie that actually used like entire screens to encapsulate the entire film. And I think that one did a really good job as well. There was definitely more of a story there than this one per se, but you should definitely watch it if you're either interested in the host or have watched and enjoyed the host oh wait i keep calling it the host no we have to we have to specify this is not the host (laughs) (laughs) well there was also the host that came out this year i think is there another one apart from the meyer movie right there's so many different the hosts because we have the greatest version of the host which is the 2007 bong joon ho movie this is not that right we also have the host which is based on the Stephanie so Meyer book. I yeah, so. <laughs> it's not that one. There was uh, the host that came out this year too. Oh, there is 2020. <laughs> a banker in London becomes caught up in a web of dark secrets. Okay, so I would recommend host to people who are fans of. Did you see Unfriended? Dark web. No, no. It was that fine. Was pretty recent. But I feel like it's oh, a very similar. Yeah 
thing. And I would also right. recommend it to fans of the Blair Witch Project. So mm-hmm. Blair Witch Project is found footage. This one's a little bit different, but I think it tricks you in similar ways and plays on similar fears. Yeah, even paranormal activity for that matter. Mm-hmm. And if you could give this movie one Oscar, which I know you really want to do, oh my <laughs> what would you give it? <laughs> <laughs> this is so hard. I would say visual effects because there are some cool things that he does here that I was I was pretty scared of when I was watching it. In the grand scheme of things, the visual effects obviously aren't up to you know what typically you would give a visual effects oscar to but i think that they're clever and scary and well done well what about you i like that pick better than my other pick which would have been i guess production design just because of how they capture all of the different rooms not only at once but how they use the space and go between the rooms and kind of feeling more enclosed i like what happens at the very end too where they kind of break the fourth wall in a way but i like visual effects because when things are happening they're really happening oh wow (laughs) yeah i think that adds to how scary it is too because you don't know how they're doing it and that's always fun to watch so all four of these horror movies that we watched i would say are fun vod watches as you could tell they're all very different types of horror movies but i think all are pretty unique especially for the moment that we're in right now. And there's definitely Mm -hmm. something to get out of each one of these. I know I mentioned Relic was my favorite of the bunch, but do you have a favorite out of the four? I would say I would recommend She Dies Tomorrow, but go in knowing that it isn't operating like a traditional horror movie. And while we're talking about all of these horror movies on VOD, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Matthew Solomon's film Followed, which I saw at the premiere at the Burbank International Film Festival in 2018, which feels like forever ago. But it has the same vibe of kind of like Host. The IMDb description is... To gain more subscribers, a controversial social media influencer stays at a cursed hotel to terrifying results. So they're trying in this hotel in downtown LA where there's this history of a paranormal activity happening. They're trying to summon it and experience it. Also scary, I screened in the theater. It's a good time, definitely entertaining, and it'll be on VOD on September 1st, so... I'm proud of him. I'm excited for this to be out there, and I think people will enjoy it. I'm so excited to check it out. This one sounds really cool, and I'm excited to watch it. Definitely. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in again. Thank you, everyone. On our next episode, we have something very exciting planned. I built out this wild game that is the awards season draft. Think like a fantasy football team, but... Even more exciting than that, we're going to be drafting films, production (laughs) companies, directors, actors, and we're going to be doing it snake draft style and keeping track of who has the best team by giving ourselves points all award season long based on who wins. Things like Golden Globes and Oscars, Critics Awards, all of that. And then this really won't end until next March. So we'll kind of hold this in our back pocket and Mm -hmm. see how everything turns out next year. And as long as there are award shows, I I really hope hope they don't put it (laughs) off. Yeah, it's a little early, but I think that makes it even more fun because we really have no idea how anything's going to go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, exactly. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, We'll stay safe, everybody and wear your masks and we'll see you next time keep wearing your masks thanks for listening